Welcome to More to Come, PW Comic World's weekly podcast on graphic novel and comics publishing, recorded at the PW offices in New York City and various remote locations. <laughs> I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor of Publishers Weekly and co-editor of PW Comics World. Check us out online at publishersweekly.com slash comics. And I'm Heidi McDonald. I am also co-editor of PW Comics World, as well as graphic novels review editor for Publishers Weekly and the editor-in-chief of The Beat at comicsbeat.com. Check us out on Twitter at, at PW Comics World. And I'm Kate Fitzsimmons. I'm the podcast producer. You can find us online at pwcomicsworld.tumblr.com. And don't forget, you can subscribe to more to come on iTunes. And on uh, Facebook, we're at facebook.com slash PW Comics World. Shall we get started? Oh, yes. <laughs> Calvin. All right. This week on, on More to Come. This week on More to Come. It's that time again. It's Comic-Con time. And also, uh, new figures on the size of the comics and graphic novel marketplace in North America. And a look back at ALA 2015, which gave a special shout out to comics this year. So, it's San Diego time. Yes, that explains your blackout just a few minutes ago. I we're all going yeah. on a few minutes sleep and uh, here it grabs you in there, caffeine. And, uh, you know, Comic-Con is a week, two weeks early this year and it's kind of hellish. <laughs> it's completely hellish and uh, completely disorienting. And yes, instead of, um, you know, well, the, the fear and trembling has just started you know, two weeks early. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah <laughs> anyway. but, uh, well, you know, we're getting, as you listen, as we're recording this, we're a couple days away from... Um, Something. Oh, July fourth. Yes, that's right. So we also have a we have a three day weekend in front of us too. So uh, which means that everybody has to just get it all crammed in today, tomorrow, and Monday and Tuesday, and then uh, you know it's too late. That's welcome to the show. So yes, and And, uh, we have to the tornado that is Comic Con. Now we have our uh, special hub for Comic-Con coverage, once again, at publishersweekly.com slash Comic-Con, C-O-M-I-C-C-O-N. So, and we have our, our preview story uh, up there right now. And um, actually, Calvin, uh, you, you did a, a sidebar. One of the big changes this year is there's a whole new venue and a whole new slate of kind of publishing-oriented programming. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, libraries in particular, uh, which have always gotten the love uh, at Comic-Con, uh, I should say to everybody that, obviously, as you mentioned, check out our feature, Is Comic-Con Too Big for Small Publishers? Right. But uh, among, which is one issue among many uh, facing uh, this gig- gigantic pop culture extravaganza. But certainly one of the issues we're looking forward to is, a, is three days of programming devoted to libraries and librarians and teachers. And they're actually going to be held at a new venue, very close to the to the convention center, um, the San Diego Central Library, a new state-of-the-art facility. I believe it opened up at the end of 2014. It's very near, I think it's right behind the Petco Park, the Padre Stadium. That's right. So it's a short work from the convention state, uh, the, the convention uh, and from the, the ballpark. So, um, But there's going to be three days of uh, programming there. I'm trying to check out the... Um, um, it starts on Wednesday, and and in fact, it starts on Wednesday. Wednesday with a program on using comics to teach uh, uh, STEM, in other words, science, technical, engineering, you know, and and medical uh, uh, topics. So, um, you know, comics takes on any kind of topic you 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 want to think about. Yes, and uh, you know, like as you said, there's a whole day of library programming. 
and uh, you know this is great. This is a whole new um, you know a whole new place to to try to get to. <laughs> I guess the time. You know, while you're trapped by a train or you got to go over the bridge or uh you know i don't now kate you are going to be once again um although you have yet to go to san diego comic-con you will be our valued ground crew because as i've always said you need to have a ground crew it's just like d-day invasion you need to have those those men and women back in england to make sure that the invading troops arrive safely so uh you'll be doing our daily podcast once again yes i will and backup is important (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay. All right. Yes. Uh, in case you haven't been able to tell, we're 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 not recording under our usual circumstances, but uh, but um, but yes, but Kate will be handling the uh, the 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 stuff back here at the office. We're going to be uploading new interviews with uh, artists, publishers, uh, 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 Comic Con officials every day of the show. So don't you know? Don't forget to tune in and check us out. And again, check out our landing place page at Comic Con. Yes, we have a publishersweekly.com slash Comic Con. And let me Comic-Con, backtrack Comic-Con. a little bit about that library uh, program. <laughs> Sure. The STEM panel that I mentioned is actually going to be on Friday, July 10th. On Wednesday, it kicks off from 5 to 8 with creating superheroes in the classroom. And then on Saturday, uh, now th- I'm just giving you a taste. There, there are three or four or five panels almost every day. So um, uh, on Saturday uh, in the morning, Kids Comics Summit. So at the Kids Summit, we are uh, on Saturday morning, July 11th. Uh, it'll be a great librarians get a chance to put questions to the publishers uh, among them uh, boom Archie Comics uh, Diamond Distributors will be there Gina Gagliano from First Second Paper Cuts uh, Scholastic uh, and moderated by uh, Chris Butcher of uh, the Toronto Comics uh, Arts Festival so librarians can come out ask questions uh, and perhaps get the publishers to ask them some questions about what they need to be doing to publish uh, for librarians and teachers so yeah, I'll definitely a lot of information. Now, I'll be re, I will be attending the retailing day, which is on Friday, and Diamond gives a little summation of the year to date in figures, and uh, we actually have some numbers about that that we'll be talking about in a minute. But um, you know, there's been a lot of talk about uh, you know, in other matters about Comic Con, um, about you know, will it stay in San Diego, and you know, is it too big, and uh. You know, I, I think one of the things in our story that we mentioned is that uh, Terry Nanty of NBM will not be setting up at the show. I mean, he is a longtime Comic-Con veteran, yeah. and he just decided that it was too hectic for him. And, uh, you know, yeah. we've been hearing this sentiment a lot over the years, and, um, you know, I, I, I guess it's a little bit sobering. Although I have to say, this year, the movie presence is way down. Um, three studios, Marvel, yeah. oh. Sony, and Universal, uh, I want to say Universal, but I know it's Marvel and Sony are actually sitting, or Marvel and Fox are just sitting out the con, and really it's all TV all the time. I mean, they even have, in Hall H on Thursday, one of the panels is for a video-on-demand show called Con Men that isn't even out yet. And, you know, that's that's pretty much, you know, that's a little bit of a... That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that's a little bit of a, well, a dialing back, I think. Well, I remember, as I recall, in, in our discussions of the uh, the show last year, uh, there seemed to be some resistance even among Hollywood about the um, the tab that's coming in from from going to Comic Con. Yes. I mean, in 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 the same ways that small publishers are are trying to decide, you know. 
can I actually afford to go to Comic-Con? Right. It's true. And, you know, even some of the the venues last year were definitely jacking up their prices to unheard of, uh, you know, prices for, for parties and so on. And there was a lot of grumbling, even among video game companies and, and even production companies, that oh. it was just too expensive. Oh. You know, on the other hand, uh, there was a big story about Comic-Con, the New York Times, where they said that uh, in Hall H, they have these kind of wraparound video screens, and to turn them on cost $600,000. So, uh, you know, I believe Warner Brothers is going to use that for their panel on Saturday morning. So, you know, as always, wow. for some, money is no object. So... Yeah, but I think there's a difference between like paying to get your giant video screen on and um, paying like 10 times you normally would for a restaurant for a party. Yes, absolutely. It's just a little different. Like, yes. I think they'd be probably to spend on one than the other. <laughs> yes. Like, it actually costs right. that much to run yeah. as opposed to the restaurant, which is just right doing its thing. Right. Yeah, but I mean, I'll be honest. I was hearing like well into five figures to rent out, um, you know, venues mm-hmm. during the show. And you know what? That's a little ridiculous. So. Um, well, this is we've obviously been hearing these complaints, not only uh, from the, you know, n- apparently now from the biggest, you know, um, studios, but we've obviously we've been hearing this from individual artists for years that um, not only is it just too big, but the cost of getting here, not to mention just the 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 uh, the service involved with getting a hotel oh, room. Yeah. It's yeah. just gone off the scale. Yeah. Yeah. And and. Um, Go on. Mm-hmm. Well, I was going to say, you know, the Voice of San Diego, which is kind of a watchdog site that covers San Diego politics, has a whole series of pieces this week that talks about hotels. And, you know, we always talk about uh, will Comic-Con leave San Diego? Obviously, Comic-Con doesn't want to leave San Diego, and San Diego doesn't want Comic-Con to leave. But, you yes, know, they have clear. to get some kind of leverage to get the hotels. Now, now it's not even the convention center. Now the major issue is getting the hotels to set aside enough rooms at discounted rates. If you go on right now, you'll see that you can get a couple of hotel rooms that are reasonable, but they're like literally $500 a night, and not too many people yeah. can afford that. Uh and, you know, even the discounted rates are $300 a night, which is, you know, pretty, pretty uh, intense. Now, you know, hoteliers <laughs> yeah. say that uh, this is a busy time in San Diego and they'd be full up anyway. And, you know, that's b- bull crap. Um, I mean, this is the only time when all of the hotels are totally booked solid. Yeah. And I, I, I monitor this, you know. I mean, you can quote me on that. I look at hotels. And, you know, I, all I the have... time. I have been in San Diego in my hotel room the day after the Comic-Con ends, and the rates plummet. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, I'm actually... They plummet by two-thirds. Yeah, you know, I'm actually getting in on Tuesday, and I managed to book my favorite hotel for the night uh, for a, an insanely low amount. And it was, you know, normally I stay with friends to save money, but it was so low. I was like, oh, I, I'm going to just go back to my old favorite yeah. hotel for the, for, you know, it's like $120 for the night. So, yeah. you know, don't give me yeah. this. So, you know, but this, the city and everybody, I mean, this is really a major issue and, 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 you know, quote, keeping the con in San Diego. And, um, you know, I think sometimes I poo poo, the idea of it moving, but I, they have to keep that threat open in order to have a little bit of leverage, I think. Yes, exactly. I think that, they just exactly. occasionally need to remind them that uh, San Diego Comic-Con could theoretically be somewhere other than San Diego. Yeah. That this money is coming in because of the con, and if right. you want to keep the money coming in, you have to keep the con. Yes, yes. Now, you, uh, you know, Kate, what it was, I'm, I'm always curious, you know, what's it like when you don't go to San Diego? You know, is there anything you're looking forward to or, you know, looking to hear for well, hearing about or? 
Well, I mean, I do think that the number of things announced at San Diego has gone seriously, seriously down. Oh. I think because of the in- yeah. I mean, because I remember like ten years ago being a fan, checking on the internet, and like every day of San Diego Comic Con, something new would come out, and you'd be like, "Oh, I'm interested in that comic. I've never heard of it before." But I think the 24-hour news cycle of the comics internet has stepped up to a place where like comic companies are more willing to release their thing at some other time when it doesn't need to compete for airtime. Right. That's right. Yeah. You know, like you just don't see the same kind of announcements, which is fine. Like I don't blame them at all. It's just that it makes it less of a like crazy, like 40 million things are announced all during comic con kind of thing. Right. Um, But I have to say like having been the back home backup for, you know, a few years has made me like more and more resistant to ever going to Comic Con because I'm like, oh my god, it sounds insane. <laughs> like, how could you even handle that? Like, I I, I don't even know. Yeah, it is fun. Maybe it will. Maybe, you know, it is I'll, fun. Maybe I'll stick to New York Comic Con. I, I don't know, man. I mean, I, probably I'll one tell of you these this. Days I'll get I there, mean, but I started I started going to Comic Con, and I can't compare with Heidi. I started going to Comic Con in the late '90s. I forget the exact year when I started. When I started. It was a monster with 80 or 90,000 people coming. I'm telling you, that seemed like it seemed like a little country fair in comparison now with what <laughs> goes on there. It yeah. really does. It was a monster when I started, but I look back on those days fondly. You could, there was never a problem getting in. You could walk up to the, a booth and buy a ticket on Saturday and get in. Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> press passes were a song. I mean, they, I mean, David would just give us a handful of oh, them. No. It didn't matter. Oh, so I mean, it was, it, it was so, you could go to movie panels. There's always been movie panels at Comic-Con. Yeah. But you never had to sleep overnight. Well, you know, on that note, there is a huge development this year in that they are changing how they give out access to Hall H. Oh, now, yes, I saw year, that. Yes, yes, last year they instituted a system of wristbands. Now, Hall H, as you know, they hold 6,500 people, and it's still not big enough because people camp out overnight. This has started since Twilight came to Comic-Con, so it's been about seven or eight years since people started camping out overnight to get in. Uh, because it used to be first come, first serve. So I think that Comic-Con has become a little bit concerned about the safety of people who are sleeping out overnight. And uh, so last year, they instituted a wristband system where they hand out wrist Like, you got in line, then they handed out wristbands at night, and then... Uh, let them in by color coding. Like if you were first in line, you got a white wristband. Now, so in theory, you could go off, go to the bathroom, have a hot meal, then come back at five in the morning and you would be with the whites and you would get in. So that was the theory. But I guess there were a lot of problems with that. So this year, they're handing out all the wristbands at night beforehand. You have to get in line to get in line. And then you just come back at 7.30 yeah. in the morning and get in line, and you get in if you have a wristband. Uh, yeah. So and, and they yeah. even so said, you have to stand in line twice. You have to stand in line yes. the night before, and then yes. you have to stand in line the yes. next morning. And then they said that, um, but they said you can go home and get a good night's sleep in your bed. But, of course, you have to leave one brave soldier behind to keep your place in line. So they're kind of allowing line cutters, but a limited sort of a line cutting. And yeah. yes, you had, and then people were complaining that, oh, well, now I have to spend all day standing in line to get into the panel the next day. And 
you know, I mean, listen, I've been there. It's kind of, it is fun, but, you know, I guess for I mean, some... the people that want to stand in yeah. line are going to stand in line no matter well, what. Well, I understand that for some fans, this is a life-changing experience, you know, and my, yes. I have one of my, when well, one, one of my writers is uh, a youngster of 18, and she went for the first time last year, and, uh, you know, she literally said it was a life-changing experience, and she was able to get into Hall H, and she said it was really amazing, and and, um, you know, so I, I don't mean to, I don't, I don't mean to mock or belittle the impulse of people, uh, that want to have this experience, but I will say it's like, they complain and complain. It's like, oh, let's have wristbands. All right, you got wristbands. Oh, now I can't go to the bathroom. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's yeah. like, like, you know, like now, there's no like now pleasing these people. Yeah, there's, like, no, there's no, I mean, I, I think that you have, they, hopefully the con has to keep looking into ways to make the system better. Yes. I mean, it's good they're ex- you're experimenting now. They just need to keep experimenting with it because they're clearly not there yet. Like, I almost wonder if it might be better to have a ticketing system, like free, but still like a ticketing like a, system. Like Eventbrite or something like that. Well, the problem with that would be, uh, and you know, there are, there are some things that do that. For instance, um, the nerd had HQ, this kind of uh, offsite that's run by actor Zachary Levy. He does that. He has panels that have a lot of actually the people who are going to be in Hall H or Ballroom 20, and you pay $22 for a ticket, and they sell out very quickly. But you know, you either you get a ticket or you don't, and and that's it. Um, you know, at New York Comic Con last year, you might recall for the first time they cleared the room between big panels, and that's another thing that people have talked about. Uh, is, you know, clearing I, the room. I think I think room clearing would be good because I think even if you go with the wristband system and the standing in line system, um, in previous years at New York Comic Con, there was a problem with people who wanted to go to like the last panel taking up all the seats for all the other panels, right. and you know those panels just didn't get people who were interested in them. People who were sort of yawning and yapping, and they just really want to hear about Avatar. Right. Um, you know, maybe clearing the room is the way to go because you can at least get more people in there who want to be there because so many people want to be there so desperately. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, I think if you want to, if you are going to Comic-Con and you get there and you want to just go into Hall H, I recommend going on Thursday because the Thursday schedule is very light. You'll probably be able to get in in the afternoon, no problem. Um, Friday morning is the Star Wars panel. Um, you know, I think we'll be glad if there is no riots about getting in there because this is <laughs> highly anticipated, to put it mildly. Um, and then very the next, volatile situation. Yes, and then the next morning is the the, the Warner Brothers panel. So um, again, another highly volatile situation. So you know, we'll see. I mean, people are going to complain no matter what. You know, I mean, we. I'll be honest. This, you know, Calvin and I are old hands, and uh, you know, Calvin, I think it's fair to say that we usually get taken care of one way or the other with our contacts and well yeah well i will say this i mean as far as all hall h is concerned i actually stayed the hell away from it unless i have basically you know some insider's way to get invited because right. i it's, i haven't really it's, gone it's, to an event there in the last oh, couple I, of years I, yeah forget about it i i it's think just I, got too in, I got in for like watchmen and that was what 2007 yeah. i mean give me a break that was yeah. almost and like i got it for or Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, I was and there. Yeah, that's no. because we, I, you know, we had and we had an in. Yeah, yeah. That that said, that was one of my favorite Comic Con moments. Yeah. because the Expendables panel was before Scott Pilgrim, oh, and, God, and yes. the switch from the Expendables <laughs> cast to the Scott Pilgrim cast was pretty funny. So, 
Uh, you know, yeah, quite I have to say place. that as someone who goes to New York Comic Con, which has a far less exaggerated but still kind of thing, like I will go to one of the smaller big panels per year. Like I budget myself. Yeah. Um, because it's just too much of a time expenditure. And no matter how much I love the thing it's for, like, for example, the Marvel movies, that's just like, you know what? I'm not going to stand in that line. Right. Like, I'm just not well, going to do it. Like, I've got I other do think it's do a good idea time. to cap the level of aggravation you're, you're willing to subject yeah. yourself to. Yeah. Put a cap on yeah. it. No, I, it's just, <laughs> you know what? I think, honestly, Kate, I would love for you to go sometime. I think you would actually have a great time. And, uh, you know, if because it, it, I'll tell you, for all our complaining, this is what I was going to get at. It's like, you know, we, we complain and we really have no reason to, you know, <laughs> honestly, we're, uh, we're, we're do, we do pretty well. And it really is very pleasant to go there. It's a beautiful city. Um, there's great octopus tacos. There's great sushi. It's, 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 you know, it's fun. Food's good. The food's Speedy. weather's better. And if you get, it's amazing. It, it is amazing. And if you just get sick of all the crowds and everything, you just go sit by the water or go to some mm-hmm. other little place and just, you know, chill out and watch the costumes go by. And, For those of you who um, haven't been, one of my favorite, it, when the floor gets a little too hectic, you go out to the back on the marina and well, there's usually a lot of people out there. It's still a stunning view, and uh, and the weather is almost 99% guaranteed to be beautiful. And you know what? You just think, you know, San Diego ain't too bad. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, as somebody who has been on the uh, backup and watching you guys, speaking of food, Heidi, Calvin, are you going to bring yourselves granola this year? Uh, you know what, Kate? I am totally going to go to Ralph's on Tuesday when I arrive. That is my. I have my whole. It's war, a routine. I have a war plan. I have a battle plan already. Play. You know, every minute. Is you need a plan, man. For. I have a plan. We're going because uh, Kate has also uh, invaluably packed granola for me over the years that I su- survive on, and. Um, you know, she is definitely a den mother in that way, and she's pretty awesome. So, um. yeah, well, I... and on on my end, uh, Jody, uh, the uh, PW photographer and composer of the uh, More to Come theme and friend of the show, uh, she has a routine, and Ralph's is a big part yes. of it. She picks up <laughs> all kinds of stuff at Ralph's first day. Right. And um, and we drop back as needed for the rest of the time right. we're there. Now, on a personal note, I, I had established a new routine where I went and got uh, – this sounds very petty, but, you know, you have to have those little pampering things so that you oh, yeah. uh, get through it. So I would go get my hair done on Wednesday morning, and then I'd have my hair looking good, so I didn't have to worry about that. And now they're having a preview of the show floor when I get my hair done. So, you know, I'm going to see the floor early, but uh, my hair is going to look like crap. So, you know, that's it. You always have to have trade-offs. It's a tough business. It is. It is. It is. But anyway, listen, uh, again, Kate will be uh, putting up our podcast. Calvin and I will be roaming all over the floor. And we also have a, you know, a bunch of Confederates, elite operatives, as we like to call them. And so we yes. will be reporting on all the exciting doings and uh, check out our landing page for all the coverage and, and, and I should, listen to our podcast. Yeah. And, and, to let and you I know, should mention well, also uh, there will be a PW panel and that's on Friday. Oh, yes, the panel on French yes, Craft that's Com- right. That's right. So that's Friday. Friday at 11 a.m. That's correct. And I okay. will be Thursday at 6.30. I will be on the Comics Journalism. Uh, it's about ethics and comics journalism panel. Uh, <laughs> moderate. Yeah, well, I know, right? I, I, yeah. yeah. I hope I... 
Uh, I'm not. I didn't come up with that title, but uh, is that uh, an Jeff, oxymoron? Uh, uh, yeah, right. You know, uh, Jeff Trexler, who is a lawyer and an ethics teacher of uh, ethics, will be moderating it, and we have a whole bunch of comics journalists on it to discuss the uh, matter of the day. Okay, and, and to, for all you listeners out there wondering what our Comic Con podcast coverage will be, um, if you're new here, uh, we have interviews live from the floor coming out the day after they came out so they're you know piping hot fresh interviews straight from the horse's mouth um it's almost like being at san diego comic-con without the crowds <laughs> exactly yes. yeah so you can be there with and you don't need a hotel room <laughs> yes exactly so well it uh, will be exciting and also right. exciting uh, moving on just quickly calvin you had a story today um uh, the, the new statistics have been released on the size of the yes, yeah. market and uh it's up. Yeah, it's uh, up it's growing up it's up the combined market uh, of, of graphic novels book format comics um and, and periodical comics is being pegged at 935 million dollars in the year 2014. That's sales in North America. This is a report by uh, by the by the newest uh, team up crossover between ICV2.com and Comicron, uh, the two uh, highly regarded comics trade news sites. They started this team up last year to try to get a better fix on the size of the graphic novel and comics marketplace. So this is their second year's report, and it's very interesting. And they call it the the it's been it's the best market for print comics uh, adjusted for inflation since the mid-1990s. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so comics continue to grow. Comics in the book market, in the book trade, essentially book format comics, actually led all gains with six, a 16%, 16% rise uh, from $245 million that's in the book channel up to $285 million in 2014. Yes. So uh, very interesting. Yeah, periodical yeah. comics came in at um, was at three hundred and thirty-five million dollars. That's right. Well, three hundred fifty-five yeah. million uh, with about twenty million from newsstands, which are the, as you said, the one area that is down. And um, actually, that declined. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And digital, digital was pegged at up again this year about eleven percent to a hundred million dollars. Right. Right. So, you know, kind of backing up what we've been thinking and, you know, people who say comics are dying are really not accurate. You know, I I know people like to uh, be doomsayers and, you know, it's lowered expectations and, and so on and so forth. But, you know, I think it's really important to be to be honest about the fact that we're doing okay, you know, individual yeah. people may not be having their problems, but, but the industry as a whole is doing okay. And the only thing that's really not doing okay is the infographic that came with this. It's like, I, come on, people, get a, <laughs> you know, I really, I mean, it is the saddest. Well, the art direction could probably, the art direction could be a little better. Yeah, but we well, have to, we I, have to yes. salute uh, Milton Grief and uh, and John Jackson, Jackson Miller Long. for really putting together yes. some of the best figures we've seen uh, in a long time he, about this market. Yes, and you know, speaking of figures, actually, uh, you know, we should talk about this more uh, when we do our next podcast. But um, I will actually be on another panel that I believe is three thirty on Sunday. Yes, it's one of the absolute dead dog panels, but I've been in that time slot for uh, a few years now, and it'll be m- myself, Rob Salkowitz, and. Um, now I'm forgetting, the, but uh, Brett, whose last name, how can I possibly forget it? But anyway, uh, he does all the statistics uh, on Facebook demographics. And oh, right, that guy. So, oh. Yes, yes, yes. 
And those so, are always helpful. Right. And uh, yeah, Brett, Rob, the Facebook statistics yes, guy. Yes, Brett's the same Facebook <laughs> statistics guy. And he's going to kill me when he hears this. But um, and, and Rob has done <laughs> uh, with Eventbrite, they have a new survey on convention demographics. And, you know, they did one last year. This one is more, uh, more um, in-depth. It, it has breakdowns by gender. It has breakdowns, uh, which is at parity, by the way. It's at about 48% male and female and uh, you know the rest is a uh, fluid gender or trans or or, or or unspecified. Yeah, non-binary. Let's just call it non-binary or unspecified. But um, it also has breakdowns by you know purchasing uh, by different kinds of fandoms by gender. I had tons and tons of information there, and Rob oh, will be breaking. I'm looking this. forward to it. Yeah, yeah. Rob will be talking about that, and we'll have the latest Facebook demographics. And I, I'm going to pull together a couple of other little things that. Um, you know, other demographics that we've had. Uh, so, yeah, that'll be 3.30. If you have any brains left, please, please come to the panel. I think it'll be actually one of the really interesting ones of the show. So. Great. All right, great. Um, actually, if I may, mentioning Rob um, reminds me of my little Comic-Con ritual, which is that uh, on Wednesday preview night, I have dinner with Rob Sokowitz, uh, his beautiful wife, Eunice, and Dennis Kitchen. So we'll we'll sit down and have yes. our little Comic-Con you know, opening dinner. You have these little uh, rituals, and then sometimes you realize you've been doing them for 30 years, and you're like, wow, well, <laughs> yes, you know, yes. so it, it becomes <laughs> like, like, should I do anything different? But then you're always in such chaos. It's like you have that one little thing that you do the same, and uh, it becomes a really fun thing to do. So, yeah. yeah. So yeah. anyway, well, wish us uh, luck, everyone, and, um, you know, we'll talk to you from the floor of car- uh, Comic-Con. So yeah. there's well, more... Uh, with- oh. Oh, go on. Yeah, before we sign off, just a quick mention. We just finished um, uh, the ALA annual meeting oh, in yes. San Francisco, just yes, finished yes, up yes. over the weekend. We just wanted to mention it briefly. Actually, Heidi did a terrific feature um, looking at uh, uh, adult librarians and the growth of collections for adult readers. But also, I mean, it was this a. Uh, this was an unprecedented um, hosting of comics events this year at, at the San Francisco ALA, uh, including. Uh, you know, well, they've been doing Graphicon, I think. Isn't that what it's called? Yes. They do a sort of mini Comic-Con at the show. So they did that again. And, uh, excuse me, I'm sort of looking for uh, my, uh, uh, let's see. Well, Jennifer de Guzman um, had a coverage. Uh, they yes. had a whole day, there, a whole series of pieces yes, devoted yes. to diversity uh, in diversity books. That we didn't need diverse graphic novels. And, um, you know, it sounds like it was a really great day. And uh, she wrote up a really uh, some fine coverage for us uh, that ran Absolutely. this week. Uh-huh. And you the Will Eisner, um, the Grill Eisner uh, Library Graphic Novel Grants were giving out to libraries in uh, Belmore, New York. And I believe uh, in, um, what was that, in Arizona, a high school program in Arizona. Uh, in any event, just, I just wanted to point out that, you know, once again, I mean, comics are a huge part of the, the, library, the library experience, and librarians have been key in bringing them into the fold, and just another uh, item to show, it, to tie in with the size of the graphic, market, uh, graphic novel market, uh, just how comics uh, have sort of arrived in the mainstream. Yeah, and um, speaking of, of comics and comics, um, our Comic-Con coverage, not, in, not only our podcast, but also, you know, various images from the floor from our elite reporters will be arriving uh, in a regular fashion on your PW Comics World Tumblr. 
Ooh, so keep wait. an eye out. Yes, definitely. So. All right. Great. All right. All, all right. right. Well, uh, I guess we all got our rolls, so we will go buy some granola and some trail mix, and there'll be more to come. <laughs>